Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. How you doing, Travis? Oh, we are loving every minute of it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> only talking in slogans from here on out. And also, <laughs> Fernando is with me. How you doing, Fernando? I'm good, Ben. That's good, buddy. We have a great episode for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with OnlyFans mm. once again. On the back of sex workers, a company makes its living until they say no more. Mm. Unbelievably horrible story for so many people as they found work in the middle of a pandemic only to have it taken away at the whims of a corporation that never had their best interest in mind. Thank you so much. Big banks, because they are the ones who <laughs> caused OnlyFans, or at the very least, that's what OnlyFans is saying, that the moral majority that is the banking institutions <laughs> said, no, we can't have people making money off of boobs or dare I say a butt. Absolutely not. As we devastate the world around us. Uh, so we will talk a little bit about that and some other stories as well coming up. I want to thank everyone for the great response to the earlier episode this week, all about Afghanistan. This episode will keep it a little bit lighter than war and peace because God knows the former is far too often what we see in this world. And war is one of those things. Hopefully, as we advance as human beings, we can see less of perhaps I'm just wishful thinking on that well, one. John Lennon, we called you a dreamer there, Ben. That's what you are. <laughs> but you're not the only one. You're not the only one. No, indeed. Yes, John Lennon. Nothing makes me less comforted than imagine uh, remember when all the celebrities sang imagine uh, but the true. problem with the song is i mean it's a beautiful song great song but the the lyrics are like imagine there's no heaven but then it's like everyone just had friends who died so right. at the very least what if we just <laughs> pretend there is one right now it's fine because all of our friends are dead yes imagine there is a heaven and your friends are okay <laughs> sure i'm just gonna take that road right now <laughs> yeah. whether it be true or not anyway so we will talk about that will also uh, keep you a little bit up to date on what's going on in Chicago when it comes to policing. Obviously, a, a story near and dear to our hearts, as policing is something 
as a society, we must continue to discuss. There was actually a great article in the New York Times. We hear a lot about uh, urban police violence. Obviously, there's a lot of violence in urban areas as well. These are things that need to be adjusted. These are systemic issues, and I believe that we can curb urban violence through proper education, doing away with how we fund schools by municipalities' income, because that is why we have a borderline caste system mm-hmm. when it comes to the education in this country. We need jobs. We need small businesses. All of those things come into play when it comes to violence in urban societies, Uh, And of course, that also leads itself to mass violence when it comes to uh, police actions in those areas as well. The New York Times also just published a great article on rural police violence, and we don't talk about that very much at all in this country. There's also a lot of rural police shootings that don't get the coverage. It's not quite as romanticized. It's not quite as great political red meat as perhaps uh, urban violence is, but that is something that we will also talk about. But before we get to those things and more, let's talk about my pillow. (laughs) No, no, I'm not talking about the pillow that I've named Barbara. I'm not talking about my girlfriend, aka my pillow that I've made a smiley face on with a marker. What about Puffin and Jerry? Puffin and Jerry, they're my children. The pillows, my wife. (laughs) Mike Lindell. Man, this guy's a drama queen. A drama king, dare I say. No, he's queen. It's queen. Mike Lindell, he did a uh, present. He he gave a presentation about how the election was stolen. They're still on it. People are, at some point, this is going to have to end. I don't know. Maybe when he dies. And he might be dying sometime soon because this was a 72-hour cyber symposium. This man is going to collapse on stage like a Russian comedian. <laughs> trying to perform his final trick for Putin, which is literally shooting himself in the head. This man, Mike Lindell, is so insane. I have never recommended crack cocaine to anyone before in my life, but I think he's so ADD that maybe a little crack will slow him down. Mike Lindell said recently that he was uh, assaulted by Antifa. Mm-hmm. Turns out he was not assaulted by Antifa. We don't even fully know what Antifa is other than a a an idea. Six-letter word and an idea. Turns out it was a fan of Mike Lindell who took a picture with them. And then as this was happening, he poked him a little too hard. And then the My Pillow CEO was like, that's assault, brother. And then he went on a tirade about it. And then everyone's like, oh my God. First they went for Trump. And now they're going for Mike. It's not real. These people are not martyrs. Mike Lindell is attempting to make money off of you. That's all he's doing. He's a classic grifter of the worst political kind because he doesn't have any idea what he is talking about. He doesn't even he doesn't have an idea. And I watched about an hour or two of the symposium, Ben. I watched the Ooh. clip. I watched some interviews. He doesn't even have any evidence. No, there's no seen, evidence. I've never seen someone vamp so hard on stage. Just it's coming, y'all. The data's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it is like every single preacher who promised the end of times. <laughs> but as soon as that day comes and goes, they're like, turns out I was looking at the wrong calendar. <laughs> See, I had a flip a day calendar, I had my Marmaduke calendar. I got that confused with my Sesame Street calendar, you see? So that was the problem with that. So I was actually looking at the year 2028. 
Oh, this reminds me of when they said John F. Kennedy Jr. was going to come back, too, and he was going to run with Trump (laughs) as the vice president nominee. So this is what Mike Lindell had to say. He said this on stage. He says, last night when I got to the hotel, I was attacked. (laughs) He says, I'm okay. It hurts a little bit. I just want everyone to know all evil that's out there. This dude is so far off his rocker, and that it was one of the main symptoms of Trumpism. <laughs> was anyone who had, like, I don't know, maybe today's the day I go crazy, like the dude who took his truck down to the Capitol and said, I got a bunch of bombs in here. We'll talk about that story next. But he didn't have any bombs. He had a bunch of squirt. I believe it was squirt soda, and he had a bunch of coins just in case he had to do laundry later, although I don't think he'll be doing laundry anytime soon, Um, although maybe he'll be on laundry duty when he goes to jail. But Mike Lindell is such a perfect example of the erosion of the American political mind, and that was all caused, of course, because Trump had no morals. He really just went along with whatever his audience told him to think. But in many ways, the clowns are running the circus. So this is what Lindell had to say. He says, he put his arm around and stuck his finger. (laughs) This is so pathetic. This is a grown man complaining (laughs) about this. Well, hold on. It's a grown man who makes pillows. So sticking your finger in something is very sensitive to him. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He said he put his arm around and stuck his finger. It was so much pressure. I just knew if I did anything, something more was coming. But it turns out this dude was a MyPillow fan. I guess he didn't like to sleep comfortably at night. And this is the story. This is the martyrdom that Mike Lindell, fighting for the freedom of the American people, had to go through. Lincoln was shot. (laughs) What is he talking about? A man poked him too far in the ribs, and he was like, I know if I move, oh, more is going to (laughs) come. What's going to happen, Mike? It's just so ironic. Of course, the whole you know, air quotes, alpha male mentality Mm. that these little beta people try to espouse. And this is really who they are. He poked me and I couldn't move. And I wasn't sure if there was another poke coming (laughs) and it was so scary. And then I had to go take a nap in a hotel that didn't have my pillow. According to the article, he, Mike Lindell said he was like doubled over in pain, but witnesses are saying (laughs) you didn't, nothing happened. You weren't. And this was a fad. He says he jammed it in where it was just a piercing pain. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, But don't worry about it. Jeff Boonagrino, he's a conference attendee and pro Trump congressional candidate in Florida. He called the attack, quote, a nothing burger. Uh, coincidentally, that's Donald Trump's favorite kind of burger. Yes, it is. This is what Bornagino had to say. He says, the elevators are glass, and witnesses saw Lindell go up to the sixth floor. Lindell told the Associated Press that, quote, the poke caused him to double yep, over yep. in pain, <laughs> and he's personally investigating how the fan could have shoved an object in between his ribs. Oh. This dude is lost. His mind, did he have one to start with? He explained, this is what happened. So Lindell, uh, Lindell rather, he filed a report of an assault with the Sioux Falls Police Department. This is what he says. He said it was one of the worst attacks he'd ever experienced. It was the finger of doom. 
Wow. This reminds me of Kevin Nash and uh, Hulk Hogan doing the finger poke of death in WCW. It was a sham. Everyone was upset. This just shows you how desperate this man is for attention and how little he cares about any truth being attached to said attention. According to Bernardino, he wrote regarding Lindell's claims, the young guy in the blue shirt would be accused or buried. I just can't let that happen when it comes to standing up for the dude who poked Lindell, who is obviously a fan, and uh, I guess... I guess he just couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle the love. He couldn't handle the affection. Be Justin Bieber for one day (laughs) and try to deal with that. My goodness gracious. Of course, one of the reasons that he was on stage at all, Mike Lindell, that is, was to espouse how the Chinese helped Joe Biden win the 2020 election, which, again, there's no evidence of that. If you look at the vested interest of the United States and the Chinese, I think that either president of any party will be just fine and friendly with the Chinese. (laughs) Something tells me they got a little bit of money on the line. All right. So that's just kind of a nice little story there, isn't it? Pretty pretty interesting to see how sensitive uh, a man who makes pillows can be. Indeed. Well, I mean, technically, I kind of want my pillow maker to be a sensitive man. But there's a difference between sensitive and batshit insane. (laughs) Yes. It's almost like evangelicals addicted to crack will believe anything. My God. (laughs) Oh, my. And again, the best part about Mike Lindell was his former drug use. (laughs) I've never recommended crack before in my life. And I'm not a doctor. No. (laughs) I'm just saying, Mike, get back on the pipe. (laughs) Mike, get back on the pipe, buddy. It might help you calm your nerves a little bit. At the very least, you won't be so sensitive to a poke. No. You're on crack. You can get into a car accident. And just be like, well, that was a great time at the drive-thru. <laughs> Walk up uh, and get away, yeah. <laughs> good Lord. But talking about the symptoms of Trumpism, mm-hmm. Mike Lindell is one of them. Also, this North Carolina man who uh, did end up surrendering to the Capitol Hill police after he said that he had a bomb in his pickup truck. And he's like, and there's a bunch of bombs in the Library of Congress as well. It turns out there were no bombs, which is good. But the scare was real. And this is just more of a... Uh, Reminder of the destabilizing effects of misinformation and lies, especially when they come from the executive branch, which, of course, is exactly what Donald Trump was doing towards the latter days of his presidency. And, of course, during the uh, vast majority of his presidency as well. But it really ramped up when he decided not to recognize uh, the fair and free election that occurred to the best of our current abilities given the laws of this nation. Floyd Ray Roseberry. Oh, my God. He led to an evacuation of the Library of Congress, the Supreme Court, the House building, and offices of the Republican National Committee. Roseberry directly addressed President Joe Biden on a Facebook video and also called for airstrikes on the Taliban in Afghanistan, technically going against what his dear leader, Donald Trump, would have done in this exact same situation, as we talked about earlier this week. I don't have empathy uh, necessarily for the actions of this man. Obviously, he deserves whatever is going to be coming to him, uh, especially now, given what happened on January 6th. People are on high alert, Mm -hmm. and everyone's like, can we not blow up Washington right now? Please, God, can we have a moment of peace? It's unnerving. This isn't the first time, as we talked about before the show, 
These situations happen quite regularly. At one point during the Obama administration, a dude with a knife hopped over the fence and like got entirely into the White House and almost into the quarters of where the president stays. Thankfully, he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. People are jumping over the White House. These things happen, but it seems like it's much more heightened. And I think it's much more heightened now, A, because this guy got to broadcast everything on Facebook, B, because of what happened on January 6th, C, because the media was like, oh my God, we've got another one. This is fantastic. <laughs> and then, of course, we have the Capitol Police who are still reeling from what happened again on January 6th. So the police, the nerves of the police are frayed. The media is salivating. President Trump is for all intents and purposes, supporting Mm -hmm. his acolytes to do things like this. And then we also have the combination of social media. Floyd Ray Roseberry, Mm. evidently the man was going through a very hard time, and he is totally one of these susceptible individuals to dangerous lies and political rhetoric. I guess his wife had divorced him. His mother had just died. The dude mentally unstable to say the least it reminds me of the pizzagate guy mm-hmm. and again when you listen to these people it's just it's like listening to an alien life form because as we've talked about before the majority of people who look at their facebook walls they think that's the news right. and they think everybody sees the same bulletin board that they see and that's why when they tell you about lizards running the world and you're like i don't know they look at you like you're a moron because you're not reading the same news (laughs) when the guy went to attack comet pizza you know he's sitting there and he's live streaming he's crying he's like i just want to save the kids and it's like bro this isn't it there's no kids there if you do want to save the kids maybe cut back on the cheese on the pizzas obesity is a real problem this guy had a similar kind of arc to him when he was on facebook live i watched a few of the clips I'm here to save the kids. There are a bunch of children in there. It's like, no, bro, that's not. First of all, this is not how that works. And it's just really sad. And it reminds me of, you know, religious radicalization. Right. What we yes. talked about last, you know. Last exactly. show, yeah. It reminds me of the, the the vulnerable young men that the Taliban recruits. I mean, this is a broken man uh, caught up in extremism. And look what he does. He takes actions into his own hands. And again, Donald Trump, he ain't going to pardon your ass. He can't mm-hmm. have that. He doesn't have that power anymore anyway. You're going to take the fall. You're going to go to jail. You're going to have the book thrown at you. Donald Trump is just going to drink Diet Cokes in Mar-a-Lago. He doesn't give a flying shit. The only thing that he wants to do is do exactly what he did for the past five years, disrupt. And if he can't personally do it, he'll send his minions to do it. So this dude, he's 49 years old. According to the U.S. Capitol Police Chief Tom Manger, he says he got out of the vehicle and surrendered, and the tactical units that were close by took him into custody without incident. Uh, He gave up and did not resist. As far as we could tell, it was just his decision to surrender at that point. The entire thing was about five hours. The man looks how you might imagine the man to look. The reasons that the standoff lasted for so long, a lot of people uh, may just say, like, why didn't you just snipe him in the head? Evidently. Well, first of all, I said, don't kill people, please. Um, Evidently, he had told cops that if they messed with him, he had a bomb in the car. He had a bomb in the truck. Again, it was fantasy. He did not. He had a lot of quarters in the truck. And a lot of change. And the truck was very, very dirty after a long drive, I guess, to the Capitol. <laughs> but nonetheless. He also had a, a bunch of dollar bills. That's so one of the, the witnesses that first saw him. She said that she looks up and she saw a guy throwing $1 bills out of his truck. So I don't know. Maybe he's 
plan on going to the strip club later with some senators. Honestly, this is why sex work may have saved his life. If you just go to the club, Mm -hmm. go to the club. It's like you always say. pay, Pay accordingly. Yeah, if the January Sixers just went to a Ted Nugent concert, we would be in an entirely different scenario. Totally. So Roseberry, he lives in Grover, North Carolina. He posted several videos on Facebook, ironically enough. As he was live streaming, Mark Zuckerberg was live streaming, talking <laughs> about his new like metaverse that he wants everyone to be a part of, which is just living in a 3D reality where it's like, don't worry about going to the office. We're going to bring the office to your brain. Like, I don't know if I need that, but thank you so much. So another reminder of how dangerous social media mixed with political rhetoric, mixed with horrible leadership, mixed with mental health illness, mixed with devastating life situations occurring, how toxic and dangerous that is. And that's the true bomb in this entire thing. Mm. Roseberry claimed to have a video where he had a seven-pound keg of gunpowder and 2.5 pounds of explosive tannerite in the truck. Uh, He also said his wife had cancer and that the health insurance would not cover the treatment. This is what mm. Roseberry said. He said, I promised my wife I'd be home Sunday. Whichever home it is, I've cleared my conscience with God. But the home is going to be a state penitentiary. So do not let these politicians, no matter who you follow, never let these politicians lead you down a path where you're going to commit a felonious act because they will not help you out. They simply will throw you away and say, he's probably Antifa. The man he's you out- wait until they just claim Roseberry's Antifa. I feel like the man he's out there defending is literally stopping him from getting the things that would have helped Absolutely. him. He, you know, he he wants his wife to get health care for cancer. Literally, you know who doesn't want you to have health care? Senor Trump. Well, yeah. we'll also I also don't know. I have no idea what's true or not, because his wife was like, he's a little crazy. Mm. And I think mm. it's his ex-wife. I don't know. Either way, uh, it's just a reminder again between Mike Lindell. And Mr. Roseberry, we are still dealing with the side effects of the disease that is Trumpism. And the only vaccine is the truth. Oh, I can't Whoa, get dun, that. Dun, dun, dun. That'll make keys stick to my forehead. <laughs> he poked me in the ribs, man. Or man, you saw him poke me in the ribs, man. That would have been funny if he would have said that he was. He tried to vaccinate me. He tried to vax me. Yeah, I was just thinking that. He vaxed me Don't my vax ribs. me, bro. Don't vax me, bro. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Well, mentioning Facebook and how they want everyone to uh, get into a 3D hellscape. Uh, American employees. Now, as we talk about what's going on with COVID, 
um, trying to find some silver lining mm-hmm. of the uh, disaster that was last year and a little bit of this year as well, dare I say. People working from home seem to really enjoy it. I have a lot of friends who are like graphic designers and uh, they're in artistic fields, but the office environment is stifling. Yeah. All of my friends that work in graphic design now work from home and they love it. And they like, they're not going back into the offices because businesses found that they they ran just as well, if not better, when people worked remotely. So this is actually an interesting new study. Three in four employees want ability to work from home forever. This was according to a new study of 2,000 Americans. Uh, they were discussing what working from home, how they liked it during the pandemic, and if they wanted to go back into the office. More than two in five, 48%, say a company's policy on remote work is now their number one desired workplace perk. Uh, It's important to remember 72% claim they wouldn't even consider working for a company that didn't offer flexible work from home policies. I personally love this. This poll was conducted Mm -hmm. by one poll and Kintone on behalf of Kintone. I love this because let's talk about uh, child rearing. Mm-hmm, exactly. You could save some massive money on daycare, on babysitters. If you can work from home as a graphic designer, you can still feed the kid. You know, you can take care of your children. I know for my friend uh, who's a graphic designer, he's got a little three year old, and it's been great. Right. They get to spend the days together. I mean, she's, uh, I think she does a little pre uh, kindergarten stuff or mm-hmm. whatever, but it's awesome. And he's so happy. And it's great to be around the children. So he actually just got a job working with Mayo Clinic, 100% remote. There's no brick and mortar office. So I think from an employee perspective, it's great. Family time. You don't got to worry about, uh, you know, Barry cooking fish at noon in the microwave. (laughs) Classic Barry. Classic Barry always cooking fish because he's keto. Is that keto? I don't even know. It is. I I just, I eat the bones. I throw away the meat. You know, I, I agree with this, but for different reasons. Uh, personally, I love cooking microwave uh, broccoli, and that's most disgusting in the yes, office. Yes, get out yeah, of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, But um, I don't have kids at home, but I do see the, the global implications of this. If more people work from yeah. home, there's a lot less driving. There's Absolute a lot less, great point. Uh, there's a lot less office buildings that are having to be cooled. There's yep. a lot less just resources being used on on something that doesn't isn't necessary because it's obvious. Fernando, that is a fantastic point. And if you look at the pollution, you know, well into the 70 percentile, it's buildings. It's buildings. Which yeah. is, mm-hmm. that was surprising. I think uh, Travis and I learned uh, that when we ran for office there in New York, I did not realize that, you know, we talk about cars, mm-hmm. aeroplanes, all the other things that we see. But buildings use the most amount of energy of any entity in the country, in the world. So you're right. If we can get rid of a little bit of brick and mortar, have people work from home, they don't have to drive every day. Mm-hmm. That's a really, that's a massive improvement, perhaps, for the environment. That's a great point, Fernando. Statistics have also proven that some of the biggest reasons why you're unhappy with your job is actually your commute, if you didn't know that. So you have, a, sure. you have a shitty Checks commute, you, you have a terrible fucking day, and then you have a shitty commute home. Well, and you, you know? know what's so sad? I passed on this um, little video to Travis and Fernando this week. The Amazon employee mm-hmm. who was sleeping in her car. Right. She was working full time. She said she was working 50, 55 hours a week and a homeless in her car because she could only pay for either a car or a home. <laughs> she couldn't have both. There's something wrong with a system where people are working full time and not making ends meet. That's called the middle class that must get back. Otherwise, we are going to see uh, 
a massive amount of wealth disparity continuing and violence, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you, you made a great point about the kids. The biggest problem right now with getting people off of unemployment and back to work is the fact that a lot of these folks that got on unemployment during the pandemic have families. So there's um, often single mothers who they can't go get the job because they don't have a place to put their kids. Daycares are not available. Mm -hmm. They're not readily affordable for working people like this. So you're absolutely right. Working from home kind of manages these, juggles these two balls at once for mm -hmm. a lot of these families. You can take care of your kids and do your job and get paid and pay for their food all at the same time. So it's kind of a win-win-win. And not waste money on gas, which obviously, as we see, gas prices certainly aren't going down anytime soon. So they say 76%, again, this is according to the one poll on behalf of Kintone, 76% would jump at the chance to work from home permanently. There's only 36% that think their job is more difficult when they work remotely. And I could see that being the case as well, especially if you're an educator, you want to go to school. Mm -hmm. And you want to go and you want to see the people and not everything can be done via Zoom. But I think for many, many professions, there's no reason to waste time cutting through traffic, hanging out with them, fellow employees you may not necessarily like. And dare I say, taking a shower every day, <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to have this discussion about showers. I, you I, can stink from home. <laughs> it don't matter. I, uh, I think this is also a great way to push for infrastructure, you know, Internet for all. You know, uh, these, yes, are, these are all really absolutely. good reasons. Like, uh, you know, any pushback on it can be. These are all good things. Giving people access to work from home, education from home. These are all really, really good things. And the option, the freedom to do both. The freedom to go to work if you want to go to work or work from home. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's also like some negatives. For example, right now, uh, Binance, this is a huge uh, cryptocurrency exchange company. Yeah. They, everyone in the company works from home all over the world. So there's a Binance lawsuit going on right now, but they don't know where to send the lawsuit papers to. Perfect. What's the problem? <laughs> Binance is... Give every single employee a corner of the paper, and then we're going to come together at a great undisclosed location, combine the paper, and we'll see if we find ourselves a lawsuit. And, you know, uh, there's pushback from corporations. They say, we can't watch you work all day. We don't know what you're doing. You're distracted. So, but Please, I, I was so much more distracted working in an office. I can't sit at a desk. It drives me insane. And uh, there's a lot more distraction working at a desk, mm -hmm. I think. Or at the very least, when distraction, I guess I also mean immense boredom that shuts my brain down so I fall asleep. Amber Nelson talks <laughs> about it a lot, how office jobs kill her and they would tell her, you need to be here eight hours a day. Ugh. But she would have finished after four hours and she'd say, that's what would kill me. The four yeah. hours I have to stay there when I'm already done. Exactly. You know? Just so. how, many, how many times can you go take a dump in the bathroom? <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of working from home, mm. another good thing. That happened during this pandemic was many people felt liberated sexually to do things on OnlyFans. OnlyFans, of course, it was a safe website for the most part. That's my understanding. Yes. I'm sure there were some stalker situations and some sketchy ass shit. But my understanding for the most part, people who did OnlyFans had a, a net positive experience minus some of the more uh, hypocritical positions from everyone who said oh that's bad you shouldn't show your butt meanwhile they think john wick doesn't have enough death <laughs> these people who are like yeah i jerk off to it but it's gross it's, it's like no if you if you if you've ever come in your life 
you have to appreciate the human form, <laughs> male, female, or other, okay? So OnlyFans, after they made a lot of money, one billion freaking dollars off the backs and butts of porn, uh, or not even porn stars, of, of just people. Of just people. Being able right. to make money uh, through self-expression, I think of it as art. And sometimes art can involve squirting. So OnlyFans is banning <laughs> porn. The company announced that this week. They say that videos that are, quote, sexually explicit in uh, nature, they are effectively banned starting in November. Sex workers, again, built this entire brand. I don't care what OnlyFans wants to say. No one went to OnlyFans for the articles because they didn't even have a blog. So <laughs> please, God, stop blaming the people that made you a billion freaking dollars. Yeah. And just this is another example of doors closing to certain communities Ooh, and it leads to an exactly. unfair marketplace. We were speaking, I have a lot of friends in the sex work industry, a lot of people who do some hardcore smut, can't Venmo them. Venmo kicked mm -hmm. them all off. Right. Um, right. PayPal kicked, mm -hmm. kicked them off. These are consenting adults doing uh, sexual acts. Again, C, consenting, the C word, with consent, and they're all adults. There's no reason why OnlyFans should do this. Evidently, uh, they're doing this because of some banking regulation. Oh, boy. OnlyFans is crushing it when it comes to bringing in money. In 2022, they're expected to reach $2.5 and their total sales are $12.5 billion. Evidently, the banks are conservative, and porn companies often struggle to find payment providers willing to do business with them. So again, the idea that Hollywood has any kind of moral authority <laughs> over how we should act as people, and the idea that the big banks mm -hmm. care anything about morality, will they literally profit off of people withdrawing and overdrafting because they don't have enough money in their bank account in the freaking first place? That's how they make millions and millions and millions of dollars. The idea that the big banks say, no. Meanwhile, God knows how many sex slaves they're harboring on their yachts. This is one of those stories that I don't care if you're if you're a libertarian, mm -hmm. if you're a uh, progressive. This is one of those Venn diagram stories. I think all of us can come together. Wink, wink. <laughs> and say enough of this crap. Big banks deciding how we can make a living. That wasn't supposed to be their role. It shouldn't be their role. And only fans kowtowing to them is uh, just an example, of course, that these corporations are just shells. There's no soul. There's no morality. There's no, uh, you know, money talks. And that's about it. So they don't care about the fact that they've made billions of dollars off of these people's performances. They don't care. They throw you right away because there's no longer a use for you. And it is absolutely disturbing. And another reminder that the future doesn't necessarily mean progress mm. because we are, this is 1950s, leave it to Beaver, which was actually a very fantastic OnlyFans account. <laughs> so this is according to OnlyFans. Uh, they say effective one October 2021, OnlyFans will prohibit posting of any content containing sexually explicit conduct in order to ensure the long-term sustainability of the platform and to continue to host an inclusive community of creators and fans. We must evolve our content guidelines. Even the language is so dismissive. We must evolve past boobs and dicks. Mm. Oh, what are you talking about, OnlyFans? What are they talking about? 
I mean, I'm just focused on how much uh, banks, how much power banks are having in these types of institutions. Same with the marijuana industry. Absolutely. You know, it's a, it's mm-hmm. literally, they hit a glass ceiling because banks refuse to accept their money. Um, these are one of those things why I always push for decentralized finance. I'm a whole shill for crypto, but you know. I know, I, I know. know. I but, just don't <laughs> fully understand it enough. That's why I can't, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what, George Washington's eyes mean on the American dollar. I promise you can pay a stripper in Dogecoin, though. <laughs> I'm not going to get kicked oh. and try to find out. If I give a stripper a Dogecoin and then she's like, "That, I'll take some money, please. And the next thing you know, I'm getting thrown in a dumpster by a big bodyguard. No, I'm good, dude. I'm just going to stick with tried and true cash for now. <laughs> Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. It's pretty brutal. I mean, OnlyFans banning this type of content is like uh, Facebook uh, banning brunch pictures, you know? It really Instagram is. Instagram banning pictures of dogs. This is this is the bread and butter of OnlyFans. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. They can still Well, you know what it nudes. is, man? It is because this is a corporate slap in the face. It is. They it really say, is. oh, these people, they're collecting unemployment Oh, but why aren't they working? Go back to work. Where's my waiter? Where's my waiter? Right. You know, they're screaming. Where don't I got my water here? It's like, ma'am, you're at a Shoney's. Go get it yourself. It's a buffet. <laughs> right. But this is really revenge. This is revenge on autonomy. This is people who can become their own corporations. This is technically the American dream. Yes. Why wasn't it banned when Hugh Hefner was in charge of selling nudes? There's wow. a there's only a few data points on this, but I also you know Pornhub also banned all uh, non professional performers. So, and th- Pornhub, you know, they have their own issues over there because, of course, they have a monopoly on the entire industry. And I think they should give a little bit more money to the performers if they can. That's what I would say. So you know, is there an attack on basically amateur porn now? There's an attack on women. Mm. I don't want to say it, but I'm gonna say it. This isn't a straight-up attack. If you can't sell your own body, then what can you do? So you you can't uh, – certain folks don't want you to be able to show your body and make money off of it. They also don't want you to be able to do what you want when it comes to procreation and reproduction. This is an attack and not to be – I'm not being hashtag woke or a feminist, please. No, it, it don't is, ever but... accuse me of that. <laughs> but this is without a doubt an attack on women from men who see them profiting off of their own bodies mm-hmm. as a power grab. And if the men aren't in charge, like the dude, what was the name of that freaking disgusting monster with Victoria's Secrets? I forget the name of that billionaire, total freaking yeah, scumbag. Men can be in charge of women's bodies, mm. and we can profit off of women's bodies, but right. God forbid a woman profits off her own body. The other great thing about OnlyFans was it small D democratized 
what people believe beauty to be. Exactly. Victoria's Secret's been telling us forever. Barbie dolls, big old titties, you know, flat butts and flat tummies is perfect. And again, women like that look like that are beautiful. But also right. OnlyFans showed, you know, whatever kind of, all, of woman. Whatever kind of woman. Maybe, you know, when it comes to all different isms under the sun, mm -hmm. they showed them and they were able to make money off of their bodies. And I just think in a society that, loves violence in a society that is 740 billion bucks a year to the military showing a little bit of pussy ain't going to hurt no one. Mm, it, yeah. <laughs> it ain't going to hurt no one. And it's a great point you made. I mean, the banks and the bankers who work at these banks, these guys, these guys are big money, wall street fellas. Yeah. And who loves sex workers more than wall street bankers, but they want to feel like they still have a little bit of power over them and control. Absolutely. This is a disgusting yeah. move, especially since this article reports, early fans grew off the back of sex workers. I yep. mean, it just it, did just a safer way to do it. <laughs> I mean, it you know? just, it just did. And I think that's another reason why we are going to continue to see uh, sex work evolve and change, and hopefully there will be another platform. Patreon. I mean, mm -hmm. Patreon. We rely on Patreon. We've been our relationship with Patreon was the only reason that we were able uh, to have uh, a network. Right. You know, in many ways, it was the beginning of us being able to be like, maybe we can do this for a living. And I love the direct to consumer, where the consumer can be like, hey, thanks. Here's five bucks. Thanks for the content. But the idea that Patreon is going to ban or has banned. Uh, porn stars or pornography or what? I don't even like the term boobies. <laughs> yeah, faces, the human form, just bodies, just yeah. bodies, human bodies. We can watch them dismembered and torn apart, but we can't watch them fully functional and having a, a pleasurable moment. Mm. I just don't. Whatever, and that's one of those. There's a Venn diagram of that as well, where you do have some anti-porn activists on all sides, and it's it's. I, and again, the porn industry needs to be safe. And clean, and I think you do that by having porn stars or even just adult performers be their own boss, right have control over their own product, do it from the safety of their home, make all of their own money, and they can have total autonomy. And I think that that was really one of the underlying layers of the entire OnlyFans, Patreon, Venmo thing, mm -hmm. is that people don't want sex workers to have autonomy because for some reason they don't. I don't know, think they deserve it or they feel like they might be losing out on some money. The pimp culture is very real. Look no further than the big banks. They are the pimp of the world. Uh, do you think OnlyFans will survive this? I'm not going to. I mean, I never really went to it anyway, but I, what, I, I'm not going there for freaking TED Talks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't what, know. How, no, it's a, it's a. It, I can go to YouTube. I mean, like, what's the point of it now? What? I don't know, man. It's yeah. just nonsense. And uh, it's unfortunate. Anyway, speaking of overreach, and dare I say violations of our rights as people. This is an older story, but it just came to my attention. I thought it was really interesting. In Chicago, as of right now, you can get a ticket sent right to your house. It'll be 35 bucks to $100. If you go up to six miles an hour over the speed limit, I would be so livid if I got a ticket <laughs> for going six miles an hour over the speed limit. And I am completely against uh, this kind of enforcement when it comes to how we use our radar technology and how we use our cameras to monitor citizens. If you don't get caught, I ain't paying. That, if I don't get caught, I ain't paying. I better see some lights behind me. Otherwise, do not give me a ticket. According to city officials, if a vehicle owner 
has um, previously been fined. The second violation goes up extra mentally. So the city of Chicago, obviously, they're saying this is for safety. It's for the safety of the people. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a lie because currently (laughs) the city is in a $1.2 billion Mm. shortfall, much like Ferguson, much like all of the small towns around us where the police have become an extension of the tax and they are ticketing people in order to uh, fill the coffers of the municipalities. That was never supposed to be the way that police and law enforcement were supposed to operate. However, that is what they're doing right now. So Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, she seems to constantly be in some kind of turbulent situation. She has said that these are some painful decisions we must make Um, But there are fatalities, obviously, when it comes to traffic accidents, Mm. they happen. Setting up this camera and fining people up to $100 for going six miles an hour over does nothing to stop an accident because accidents happen on accident. So it doesn't, (laughs) there's no, there's zero indication that this curbs any kind of speeding. It reminds me of what Mayor Bill de Blasio did in New York with, what was it, Project Zero Vision or something Mm. stupid like that. It didn't solve anything. Nothing got better, but the city made a lot of money off of the expense of its citizens. We already pay taxes. We already pay enough to live in these places. God knows. Look at our rent. The city finds a way to tax their people. So I just wanted to bring that up. If you live in Chicago, be careful. And if you've ever, if you've ever had one of those tickets, uh, let me know because I would be so sad. It's only 35 bucks, but $35 is a lot of freaking money to a family. A hundred dollars is a lot mm-hmm. of money to people. This is real stuff. This is real cash and the city nickel and diming and penny pinching their citizens. It's just extremely aggravating out of all the issues right now uh, facing Chicago. Look how they spent the COVID relief money. Mm -hmm. They don't allocate the funds right. That's where your $1.2 billion in debt. You're supposed to be the, what, third biggest city in America. That's what they they always want to be like. It's New York, it's LA, and it's Chicago. And it's like, I don't know. I think every city claims to be the third biggest city in America. (laughs) But they need to figure it out without taxing, which is exactly what this is. Citizens in their towns, because who doesn't go six miles an hour over the speed limit? It's it's definitely overreach. And then I'm very interested in how they're even pulling this off, because uh, the, the article talks about being automated. So then that means it's a uh, they're probably put a buttload of money Absolutely. into making this program. There's a buttload of money into running the data. There's a buttload of money. There's some. Oh, keep on saying buttload. <laughs> but yeah, they're very OnlyFans. But there's a lot of money that was already spent to do this. So they really, you know, they really are going to push this. They're going to. And uh, this this just further overreach. and uh, Further overreach. And that's why the Chicago Bears, they're debating leaving Chicago. Wow. Wow. The owner is so pissed, which would be. Devastating. If if Chicago loses the Bears, they don't have a town anymore. It's over. And how the long? The Cubbies and the Sox can't carry it that much. How long before this is applied to like you know monitoring when you went to a drug dealer's house, monitoring it when you is. went to it, exactly. It exactly. already is. So we're gonna ticket you, Ben, for hanging out with known drug dealers. Absolutely. We're gonna you know it's and of course they're gonna say things like it's for school zones, all of this stuff. They always point to the worst or the. It's a straw man argument. Mm-hmm. Be careful in school zones. Got right. it. Yeah. We all know that. 
Well, you nailed it about the money. I mean, I remember here in Columbus, Ohio, 2007, they were putting up red light cameras everywhere. And it was for safety. It was because there's so many accidents when people speed up at a yellow light. And actually what was happening was the company making the cameras pretty much just gave money to every single city councilman's campaign, gave money to the mayor's campaign. I believe some Illinois cities also got in trouble for the same very thing. So it's like you said, when there's a budget shortfall, they turn to these technologies, give these companies a bunch of money, and then start to turn around and make money on the backs of working class citizens. And it's fascinating right now that in some parts of the country, they're making it harder to put a, a camera in your own home that you can use for your only fans. Meanwhile, they're putting cameras on red lights and, and speed traps all over. The That's country. a that is a great point, Travis, and thank you for bringing that up. Some of these companies, American Traffic Solutions, Ooh. Inc., oh, Red Flex Traffic Systems, Affiliated Computer Services. They're a uh, former Fortune 500 company. Oh, wow. Great. So, yeah, that's another fantastic point. Uh, Red Flex in 2011 is kind of an older article. They made $92 million. The company keeps up to 88% of the proceeds from traffic violations caught using its equipment. Oh, wow. Look at that. So Red Flex. So it's not about Red Flex traffic systems. It's not about law and order, is it? It's not about keeping society safe. It's uh, Red Flex gets 88% of the proceeds. Woo! G-H Christ. That is insane. Same thing for American Traffic uh, Solutions. They get 86% of the profits for their red light cams. Wow. So they wow. have to generate billions or millions at least to make a buck back for the city. And the city expects that money as part of the contract. Wow. So to think about, you know, I mean, and there's a reason they put it at six miles per hour. Because of course. That's a, it's I mean, a guarantee. That, because that's the, yeah. the speed everybody goes. Because it's just it's just five miles. You know, it's not that bad. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. The ACLU had a lot to say about this as well. Red flex speed cameras. Well, that is absolutely fascinating. I'm learning in real time with the audience. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Wow, they are making so much money. So there was actually a House bill uh, in Rhode Island. It was 6075, the House bill was. And some people, like this fellow Robert Craven, were all about it. They were all about uh, the, uh, the cameras. But then there was this person, Hillary Davis, a policy analysis for the Rhode Island affiliate of the American Civil Liberties Union. Again, we love the ACLU. Mm -hmm. They defend everyone. The Constitution is the only thing that they hold uh, to be true, which is what we like to see in our democratic republic. This is what she had to say. She says, the profit is going to the private corporations, not to the city or state. In fact, the city of Providence was so behind and lost so much money on the red light camera program that last year, the General Assembly had to change the law to say that the city of Providence no longer owned the state and several hundred thousand dollars that it had not paid in several years of the red light camera program. So not only are they not making money, they're ending up in debt to these private corporations that are monitoring our every move, including going six miles an hour over the speed limit. So I just wanted to bring that story up as a reminder that we constantly have to be vigilant when it comes to fighting for our rights and um, being aware that sometimes when the mayor tells you it's for public safety, it's uh, definitely not about that. (laughs) Yeah, it is about money. And as we talked about on these past few episodes, speaking of money, a lot of people did end up making money off of COVID. Mm -hmm. Also, a lot of politicians attempted to create political clout 
because of COVID, whether they say, you must wear a mask, or the others say, you better not wear a mask. And then citizens are like, can I decide if I want to wear a mask or not wear a mask? No, we'll tell you what to do. (laughs) Thank you so much. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has been on the forefront of, uh, is it denying COVID? Or he's just been like, He's just Ben Governor Abbott. No one likes him. I don't know how he was going to. He's my friend. As you know, Marcus Parks, he's like, if McConaughey runs as a Republican, I think maybe he could unseat Abbott. Yeah. Um, But I don't know what the hell is going to happen. I never heard anyone like this guy. But that is Texas politics. He ended up testing positive this past Tuesday uh, for COVID-19. And unlike you and unlike me, he immediately got Regeneron because, you know, it's not that bad. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is just par for the course of Texas governors. See, that's how we got George W. Bush, who, as we discussed this week earlier, gave us the Afghanistan war. Thank you. Uh, Rick Perry, who gave us oops. oops. That's all I remember about him. He just oops. gave that fun oops moment. Um, but, man, Greg Abbott, you know, um, it's like when Lindsey Graham got uh, – COVID on my birthday a couple of weeks ago. No. You know, these are the fellas who are who are out there. They're at the forefront saying that the 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 COVID precautions, the mask, everything, it's unconstitutional. It's an invasion of our rights. And then there they are. Greg Abbott, of course, there was footage of him at a big uh, Republican fundraiser pretty much in the days before. No mask on anybody. Very crowded. And that's undoubtedly how he got it. And of course, Abbott, he he is vaccinated. He probably doesn't come out and Just say that. Just like publicly. Lindsey Graham was, he, he is yeah. vaccinated, so he's not going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he's getting A plus 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 health healthcare. quality, healthcare quality. But man, I don't know. We're not going to talk about it because it's personal. But if you are not vaccinated, deaths are still happening. Mm-hmm. So please, God, just be careful because we can kind of laugh at at Abbott, and he's going to live, and he's going to have great. Uh, he's got again great healthcare. But if you're not vaccinated and you get this shit, dude, it really can be very detrimental. So just, just, you know, really, if you're not, if I, we all understand it's a strange marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big pharma dude, not a big government guy. But in this case, this is one of those situations where the science is just the science. I've been vaxxed my entire life for stuff. And man, it gave me a 10 inch dick. So please God, <laughs> get out there and do it. So according to um, according to the state, they say the governor has been testing daily and today was his first positive test result. Governor Abbott is in constant communication with his staff, agency heads, and government officials to ensure that the state government continues to operate smoothly and efficiently. I don't know <laughs> what that... There was uh, quite a bit of issue when it comes to power and water, you know, when Ted Cruz decided to go on vacation. Yeah, that's right. I don't anyway. think smoothly and efficiently describes anything in Texas politics. <laughs> go ahead. Anyway. All right, everyone. And just lastly, before we get out of here, um, we have this, we have the governor recall happening here mm-hmm, in, uh, mm-hmm. in LA. Now, speaking and of I, governors. Yeah. Speaking of governors, uh, I have come to the conclusion. This is a Ben Kissel conclusion. Mm-hmm. And I've thought long and I've thought hard about this topic. I am going to go Mm -hmm. no on the recall. This is huge, huge reversal. It's a, it's not a reversal. It's a, it's an evolve. I allow my mind to take in information and I, I, I get as much information as possible. And that is what uh, informs my decisions. But the reasons why number one, governor Gavin Newsom, he is up for reelection next year. Right. So, there is that opportunity. If this was the first year in his term, perhaps I'd be a yes. Wait Number a few two months and we can kick him out then. If you want to, if there's right. another candidate 
you know, if the, maybe even from the Democratic side. Who right. knows? Uh, perhaps that might be the only way to get him out of there. If there's more of a um, a uh, small D Democratic Democrat who wants to be kind of a nice kind of, uh, what is it, Bryant? William Jennings Bryant? William Jennings Bryant. If there's a William Jennings Bryant out there, that'd be great. <laughs> so he's up for re-election next year. Number two, it costs 260 million bucks. <sighs> no need for that. Uh, number three, if he does win, which is most likely that he would, I think that's going to, uh, he's going to get his ego blown up even more. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, he's going to have a mandate and try to take over more of what he's already taking over. Number four, every Republican is fucking crazy <laughs> in the race. Larry Elder is just not so a viable many. option. Larry Elder, I mean, it is what it is. You know me, but Larry Elder is a theocrat. He's just a, he's a psychopath. So I was looking at the Republican field and it's just, you know, I don't see an option. Mm-hmm. If I go right. no, I think I would just have to go yes. Again right. on Good Newsome. But that's also something that I think would just help him politically. Right. And then I think that was the breakthrough moment. I think the other day we were in the car and that's how we laid it out. I think you were like, I'm voting yes on the recall. So we have it. And then if the Republicans suck, I'm voting for Newsom. And then it was like, well, hold on. That's $260 million vote right there. Yes. <laughs> I want to do that. So. so. Let's save a little money and let's vote against Newsom next year if we feel like it. And point five, <gasps> given to me by Fernando. <laughs> if he would lose, would this stop him from running again? Dare I say no. So no, I don't think no. it would alter uh, the trajectory of the state enough to warrant uh, the cost. So that is why I am going to go no on the recall of Newsom. That being said, who knows what happens next year? Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully if they're, I don't know, I'm, I haven't been around this state long enough. The Republicans so far that I saw on the list were like, Oh my God, I will take the Terminator, please. Can I get the guy from kindergarten cop? Uh, perhaps that would be better because again, Larry elder, he's just way too volatile for me. And, um, I, you know, he's just, he's been an inflammatory radio host for a long time. God knows they should never be in politics, but he doesn't have any, I just don't see him helping. I just don't see him helping the conversation whatsoever. And uh, so anyway, so those are, that's my idea when it comes to the recall for those five reasons, I am going to be going no. And of course, we'll just continue to follow governor Newsom's uh, political career. And uh, certainly no matter what is the money for plenty of my pillows to rest his head at night. So this is nothing more than a little poke in the side for his political career. I want to say that I'm very proud of Ben and I'm very proud of us for seeing the science, following the money, doing our research and coming to, I feel, a very logical decision on this new something. I mean, you know, there's nothing dumber than people who dig their heels in and then refuse to change. And they're like, why don't I relate to people anymore? It's because you're a shill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Independent thinking, critical, independent independent thinking. Always, always practice that when you're voting locally, statewide or federally. And the ability to change your opinion based on new evidence and critical ideas that come up. Absolutely. You've got to evolve and in some cases devolve. Um, All right. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you're doing well out there. And uh, yeah, hope the episode was informative. And uh, yeah, thank you all so much. We're crushing it right now. We're going to stay in the top. Let's get to number one. We'll do our best to sniff around anyway. All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. 
Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.